American Redoubt Radio Operators Network and is a nationwide disaster preparedness network made up of patient-oriented radio operators. So, Amron phonetically, Alpha, Mike, Romeo, Romeo, Oscar, November. This is a directed net, so please hold any traffic until that control station calls for it. Any emergency traffic may break in at any time. Covering tactics, techniques, news, technology, and concepts related to emergency communications in support of the American Redoubt Radio Operators Network and disaster communications in general. Whether you're seasoned or new, this is the place for patriots, preppers, and partisans. This is Partisan Radio. Hello, this is John Jacob Schmidt with... Episode 2, or Volume 2, of Partisan Radio. I want to start by congratulating all of our new members and welcoming you aboard. We have just approached 1,900 Amron members. That includes redoubters and Amron operators into the American Redoubt Radio Operators Network. I've also received updated net reports. We have a total of 665 total check-ins for January. Uh, in the HF voice, we had uh, 29% of those were digital check-ins. 71% were voice check-ins. And the HF voice versus digital, uh, digital was 115 and voice were 276 check-ins. Uh, I just put a posting up titled January Monthly Net Report. Actually, that was put up before, but that's now been updated. And, of course, members can click on the link in that posting to see the comprehensive net reports uh, all broken down into more detailed, smaller reports. Now, many of you have noticed this week that we had some problems with the websites, both uh, Amron.com at first and then Radio Free Redoubt later on. There was a glitch in some of the plug-in features and uh, some of our partisans have been working diligently. Hats off to codename Polly01, who spent a considerable amount of time with Bluehost uh, trying to get that taken care of. And uh, was not us specifically being targeted. There were many, many clients with Bluehost who were experiencing the same thing. But we are back up and running now. And so everything's working good. If, for some reason, you have difficulties with a page or a, uh, a form, go ahead and notify us right away, and we'll get that taken care of uh, just as soon as we can. Now, I want to get into security and communications news. Uh, we just had a, a partisan sent a report who was listening to a podcast uh, called The Hawk, over at a gentleman by the name of Steve Quayle. He was doing an interview, or there was an interview over there uh, just in the last uh, 24 to 48 hours. And the individual being interviewed advised that the ARRL, that's the American Radio Relay League, has been notified by the FCC that they have contracted with a company called MITRE Corporation, that's M-I-T-R-E, for the purpose of research and communications at their discretion 
whatever that means. Uh, this is going to require some more additional research on my part. So I'm bringing you this uh, basically a raw intelligence report. And I wanted to pass it along so that you have it. This includes all bands, including GMRS and FRS. They've been authorized to operate on the wide band spectrum. And the purpose is to jam sections or entire uh, HF bands in the U.S. He reports that this MITRE corporation may be an off-the-shelf corporation related to the CIA. Now, he doesn't give any information to substantiate that. It's uh, Right now, it seems to be conjecture, but I'm going to continue to uh, research this, like I said. In this case, power has been given to a third party to jam all ham and radio communications in the U.S. Uh, there's a link to listen to the broadcast. I'm going to post that uh, in the posting for uh, this segment, for this volume, volume two on Partisan Radio. So you guys can listen to that as well. And I will be joining you in that this week, uh, listening to this to get more information. And we can dive into it just a little bit more now. I want to introduce a listener question section into Partisan Radio. Right now, I don't have any. I set those to the side. But I'm going to start using those in the future for Partisan Radio podcasts. Uh, From the the Summer of Survival uh, series, the online seminar series on preparedness from last summer, Uh, Radio Free Readout produced an Amron video called Comms Up. And we that was actually Comms Up 2. The first one was uh, earlier on in the in the year in 2014. Uh, That was called Comms Up. And then in the summer for summer of survival, we produced Comms Up 2. That generated a lot of great questions from folks who are just realizing the importance of communications for their own family or group communications plan. And I want to share those questions and the answers with uh, with you, the audience of Partisan Radio, because uh, it really deals with uh, a lot of issues, a wide spectrum of, of issues. Now, if you have a communications question or a question about Amron, let us know. And you can contact me directly at johnjacob at radiofreeredoubt.com. And we'll begin putting a pool of questions together for question and answer session and be dealing with that. And then we'll also be dealing with, obviously, just a general communications portion of Partisan Radio, where we'll talk about either technical or operational uh, information, talk about antennas, uh, radios, reviews, and things like that. Now, this week, I wanted to talk about communications for the beginner. Now, next week, we're going to begin introducing digital modes or reintroducing digital modes. But this week, I really wanted to address some of the newer uh, communicators or those who have come to the realization the importance of having communications, but don't know where to start. Let's say you have nothing, zero. Or maybe you have a CB radio or some type of something out in your garage that you haven't hooked up and a friend gave to you a while back, whatever it might be. And you're saying, where do I begin? Well, that's a real simple question, but it's usually not what people want to hear. The answer is not really what they want to hear because what they want is you to tell them you need to go out and get this and this and this piece of equipment. And then you'll be able to talk about, talk to anybody in the world 
uh, in an emergency. But that's not realistic. And as those of you who are experienced communicators know, there are many components to communications. And so I think the best thing to do is for folks that are new to answer that question, where do I begin? I want to say that you should begin with something that's going to give you the absolute most situational awareness in a disaster situation. You can make decisions that can potentially cost you or your loved ones or people in your group their lives if you make a bad decision. And lots of people have been hurt in the past because they were acting on little or no or bad intelligence. So what I want to do is recommend to you that you have the most information coming at you from the most uh, sources, the, the, the highest number of sources. So situational awareness is huge. What that means for you is you need to have the ability to receive communications. Don't worry about being a a radio operator at this time. Don't visualize yourself patrolling along with a backpack, communicating with somebody. Right now, you need to focus on being able to receive communications so that you can make intelligent decisions. Now, there are two different steps to this. Where do I begin? This is what I always tell people when I'm teaching a communications class uh, or helping to advise a group or a church group or a prepper group when they say, where do we begin? There's two steps. One, be able to receive. And then step two, be able to communicate two-way within your own group. That's where you should always start. Now, receiving is broken down into two different categories. There's short range or local communications. And then there's long range or your shortwave type of communications. And once again, this is a grid down situation where you don't have access to internet or cell phone or other conventional communications. Now, to be able to receive, there's there's most simply for local communications, a scanner is your best bet. A scanner has the widest range of frequencies that it's capable of scanning and listening for. Now, also, we've, I know that we have said, you know, if you have a Baofeng, Baofeng, Wuxun type of Chinese ham radio, you can listen to the ham radio communications. You can program a lot of your business band communications, some of your fire and EMS into those radios. Uh, and you can use it as a scanner of sorts because you can listen. Even if you're not licensed, you can at least listen. And then in an emergency where lives are on the line, you could key the mic and talk. However, these type of handheld radios are extremely limited in their range of frequencies. And you, if that is your whole plan for being able to receive short-range communications, you're really going to be cheating yourself. You want to get a scanner. Now, scanners can be very expensive, uh, but they can also be had very inexpensively, but they're going to lack some of the critical features that you that you really should try to get for listening to uh, local communications. Now, there's a couple ways of doing this, this uh, having communications that are very affordable. Uh, for example, I have two scanners 
that I bought from garage sales. One I paid $5 for and it works. It's primitive and it's probably from 1980 or 82, but it works. And it's great for scanning uh, local, you know, ham radio repeaters. Uh, And then I have another one that I paid $20 for. And I can listen to a wide variety of frequencies on those. But they do lack critical features. Uh, for another alternative, you can go to pawn shops. And those can be a great source uh, resource for uh, communications such as scanners. But make sure it comes with a return policy in case a speaker or some other feature isn't working on that properly. So what do I recommend for a scanner? The best scanners that I'm aware of out there for a, a decent price, uh, and they are still expensive, I recommend, first of all, the Uniden Home Patrol 2. Uh, that has a touchscreen digital scanner. And unlike your Baofeng radio or another handheld radio, and unlike your garage sale scanners, uh, these are able to decode digital communications that modern police and and a lot of uh, other fire and medical uh, organizations are starting to use. A lot of government agencies are starting to use uh, several of these features. There's APCO 25 uh, or uh, AP 25. There's uh, phase one and two. There's EDACS, which is E-D-A-C-S, LTR. There's trunking. Anyway, we're going to get into more of that stuff later as we go. But the point is, some folks have said uh, you can't listen to police because it's uh, it's in, it's encrypted. Well, what they're talking about is actually encoded, not encrypted. Encoded means the voice is made digitally and then decoded, not decrypted, is decoded on the other end uh, to make for a more efficient use and of a narrower bandwidth of a signal. So. Some of these more popular ones are called APCO 25, and there's a couple different uh, versions of that. There's EDAX, and then uh, there are some proprietary digital modes uh, or digital voice uh, modes, but uh, those are very difficult to to get decoded. Now, you do not have to have uh, encryption to, to, and these are not encrypted necessarily. They are their digitized voice. These uh, Home Patrol to uh, most of your modern scanners will decode those. So those are the features that you want to look for. And actually, the unit in Home Patrol, which runs about $500, has the capability of decoding that. Now, it won't decode encryption when some law enforcement and some government agencies actually use encryption along with uh, their encoding. But uh, there's not much you can do about that. However, uh, a lot of departments won't use encryption because, well, it's high maintenance. It's a big pain. It's expensive. uh, Not everybody has it. So some people have it. Some people don't. And so they end up just dropping it and not using it altogether many times. So uh, uh, don't let somebody say, oh, well, they use encryption, so you can't listen to them anyway. Uh, they're probably uh, misinformed. And that would be the one that I would recommend, the Uniden Home Patrol touchscreen. These are already programmed with uh, 
well, they're already pre-programmed with all of the frequencies from air, uh, military, uh, law enforcement, emergency services and government services, uh, ham radio repeaters. And at the push of the button, uh, by entering your zip code, it will automatically load the frequencies in that area. It's especially a great program if you're traveling at all. Uh, so anytime you go from one area to another, you put in that zip code and it will load up all of those area uh, frequencies. It's a wonderful tool. Now, this is really kind of a desktop type of uh, a scanner. Now, not to be confused with the earlier, less capable unit in um, the, it's also called a home patrol, but it's really your generation one. It won't decode some of your digital uh, encoding like uh, your P25 and, uh, and others. So they are less expensive, but they also lack a lot of the critical features that you're really looking for. Now, there's another model called the BCD. 436 HP. That's the HP stands for Home Patrol uh, series, just like the first one that I had mentioned. Now, Home Patrol basically is a feature that Uniden has built into these later scanners, which tells you that you can put in the zip code and it will hone in on that area. That's why it's called Home Patrol. Your home area, it will seek out based on your the zip code you put into it, the area uh, frequencies. Now, this one, this unit in BCD436HP is a handheld unit, unlike the desktop unit uh, that I had mentioned previously, the Home Patrol 2. Uh, the BCD436HP has the Home Patrol features, but it does not have a touchscreen, a little more complex to get... Uh, 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 man, you know, manually programmed, but with that home patrol feature, it will automatically load all those for you. Now, the handheld model has a very unique feature that the that the desktop home patrol does not have, and that is called close call RF capture. Your close call feature, uh, when you have that activated, it will automatically alert you anytime somebody in your close proximity keys a microphone on a on a radio so if you've got some bad guys that are out uh trying to case your home and they key their mic and they're talking on let's say an frs radio or even a business band motorola even law enforcement radios it will automatically lock into that frequency that's being transmitted it's called close call and uh, it's a great feature uh, that i i strongly recommend that at least one of the scanners in your group have a close call feature so that you can not only lock on and see the frequency that's being transmitted in your vicinity, you can also, it automatically starts monitoring it so you can listen to what's being said. Great, great uh, feature that uh, I strongly recommend. And that runs about $440 for that handheld model. Not quite as user-friendly as the Home Patrol 2, but a great scanner. And once again, going back to using a ham radio transceiver and programming all those VHF, UHF frequencies in, maybe from your fire department, your uh, transportation, uh, Department of Transportation, uh, and trying to use that as your only scanner, you're really going to be shorting yourself because uh, those also do not have uh, those 
those digital voice decoding capabilities. And once again, they're very limited on the range. Next week, I'm going to be talking more about intelligence and the intelligence process. Each week, I want to talk a little bit about what to do with intelligence or tips and tricks for helping you gather or report intelligence. Right now, you have forms that are available to you in the form of sit reps, which is a situation report, and spot reps. And right now, a lot of you know what to do with those, but many of you do not. So we're going to be talking about each of those forms, what they're used for. And for right now, for those of you who do know how to use them, you're just not maybe, maybe you're not sure uh, what to do with one once you get it filled out. Uh, If we are implementing a communications network, uh, you know, like using the signals operating instructions, uh, then once you have intelligence, basically your goal is to get it, if it's not intended for a specific recipient, get it to your net control station. And then they will in turn pass that up to the next higher net control station and they'll know what to do with it. So if you have intelligence, if you have a situation report or a spot report and you're you're sitting that uh, sitting on that, then your mission is to make sure you get that higher up the chain. So your net control station is who you want to deliver that to. We do have a net control report, actually, that was, I mean, a not a net control report, but a, a situation report. Very interesting. We have some, uh, some partisans with some extremely unique talents and skills, and they s- dedicate a lot of time listening and monitoring certain uh, bands and frequencies. A situation report that we got on the 15th of February, that's Zulu time, 2311 uh, Zulu, on the 15th. Uh, f- this was a transmission that was intercepted from Egyptian Ministry of Foreign Affairs in Cairo, Egypt, being sent to the Egyptian embassy in Washington, D.C. One of our partisans happened to intercept this. Now, they couldn't make out what it was, what they were saying, but what they caught was, Uh, an urgent emergency transmission on HF radio consisting of 44 characters encoded in five character groups. Now, when you see five character groups, like a numbers station would use, they can be alpha or numeric. They can be numbers or letters, but usually when they're in groups of five characters, that's an indicator that is for the use uh, with a one time pad, which is uh, what this interceptor, their impression also was uh, that they're suspecting this is intended to be decoded with a one time pad. Uh, Some experienced intercept operators state that this is a very rare transmission, probably generated in consequence of some national level emergency or crisis or need to provide warning to allies. So we really don't know the content of it, but we do know that this was an unusual transmission intercepted by an Amron uh, partisan operator that's uh, one of uh, many people who are dedicated to doing that. Now, when filling out reports, for example, in the future, uh, if you're going to take the time to fill out a situation report, some other information could be included here. Like, for example, what was the frequency that was monitored? This was monitored on. Uh, they did get the time, the date time group uh, down and uh, the to and from station. That was good. But 
What frequency? Also, what mode? Was this done in voice, digital, or CW? Uh, maybe what the duration was? Uh, if there was, uh, if this appeared to be one single station uh, transmitting, or were there any responses that they copied? Things like that to help kind of fill in some of the blanks. And also for follow-up, if you're going to have a team of operators join you in the monitoring process for gathering intelligence and just monitoring for activity, uh, share the frequency that it was on so others can uh, listen. You might be in a dead spot and uh, you might be able to pick something up that the other station can't. Just something to think about. Now, as far as filling out spots spot reports and situation reports, those forms are available with an explanation of how to fill each of those out. Those are available on amron.com toward the top of the website under communications resources. It's a tab labeled communications resources. Uh, click on that. And from the drop down menu, you want to click on the, the, the button that says Amron forms. That will include all the forms that are used by Amron uh, in printable PDFs and the ones that are, you want to print out and have in your communications binder. And we'll talk more about the contents of your communications binder uh, in the next uh, couple of segments or not segments, but the next couple of volumes will be addressing that. Uh, there are also forms there for submitting online. Uh, our sit reps and spot reports are, can easily be filled out online just by filling in the blanks, clicking submit, and that will come right to us uh, via email if we are in a grid up situation. Also, for you digital communications users on HF uh, or well, VHF, basically any kind of digital communications, the FL message forms that are used for Amron are also available there. So next week, we're going to talk more about these forms. We're going to be getting into more specific uh, information to help you. Uh, become better communicators. Now, finally, before we depart, I want to share a story with you. And each week, I want to try to cover a real world uh, example of where ham radio was used during disasters for preparedness during wartime by partisans, where radio, either ham radio or some other type of communications device was used in an effort to respond to a disaster or uh, help during a, a time of war or unrest. Now, this week, I want to talk about Hurricane Katrina. This was some emergency traffic that was passed during New Orleans. When phone, uh, Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans, phone communications were heavily damaged. But in this part of the, air, the town, phone lines were still functional in some areas. However, where they were working, they could only call outside the area. In other words, you could not make a local call, but you could make a long distance call. But nobody could call in to the area. This was kind of a bizarre situation. There was a hospital staff full of nurses and some other individuals that were trapped inside of a hospital. The doors are locked with a hostile crowd trying to break into the hospital. Now, apparently, these hospital staff and nurses, they could call 911, but it routed them to a FEMA 911 center in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, remember, the phone lines were damaged so that no calls could come into the area. In other words, 
When this 911 FEMA center in Nashville, Tennessee got the 911 call, they had no way of calling back into the uh, New Orleans area to call for police or National Guard or anybody in that area to be able to respond to the hospital to give them assistance with this hostile crowd beating the doors down. Well, they went to ham radio. There was a ham radio, and I'm going to play this transmission for you here in just one second. But it's very difficult to hear what they're saying. And what he's saying is they have the uh, FEMA headquarters near Nashville, and it reads, at 2700 Napoleon Avenue, that's Memorial Hospital, Memorial Hospital, 2700 Napoleon Avenue. So they're repeating this. They end up... <clears throat> They end up getting a hold of a ham operator from this 911 uh, center in Tennessee. Somehow gets a hold of an HF operator in New Orleans in the vicinity who was close enough to be able to reach the local authorities on VHF, probably two meters, to tell them, hey, we've got some people that are trapped in the hospital, hostile crowd, breaking the doors down. They need law enforcement over there immediately. And a ham radio came to the rescue. Listen to this. Roger, Roger. 2700 Napoleon Memorial Hospital. Met control. There is a, we have a 911 situation with uh, some people trapped in the hospital at 2700-2700 Napoleon Memorial Hospital. There are people breaking, trying to break in. There are people trying to break in, uh, and the people trapped in the hospital are in panic. I need a pretty cool story real world situation hurricane katrina where ham radio was used to help others in need anyway that's going to wrap up uh this volume volume two of partisan radio we'll talk to you again next week with a lot more we have a lot more stuff in store if you know of a personal story a real world situation where ham radio or other communications were used uh, then please pass it along and we would love to share it with others all right i have nothing further no further traffic i'm john jacob schmidt 73 as ready trained communicators Right up to the present time, radio hams have been busy every single minute. The ever-increasing group of radio amateurs who have equipped themselves at their own expense with two-way radio sets by amateurs who saw their opportunity to render a public service and paid off for Americans in trouble.